Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday. You know that means it's the date day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, life questions, church questions, anything that's on your heart. All you need to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585 if you're outside the local San Antonio area. You can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Uh, you can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. And again, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR uh, mobile app. Hit the call now banner at the top of the screen, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Now, all of that to say that though we have special guests on the program today, we will still be taking any phone calls or questions uh, that you have, so uh, you have the numbers and know what to do. Paula, welcome to the program today. What do you mean, welcome to the program? It's my show. Welcome, Pastor Ron, to the program today. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't you explain what you're doing here? Okay, so yesterday you were saying, it's it's date day, Mama Paula will be here, she has a surprise, and then you told the surprise. And then I was like, ooh, yeah, he needs to tell the surprise so the people who want to hear will be able to tune in. And I know some some have already made this time, and they're sitting down, they're waiting for us to ask these wonderful, beautiful girls, all four of them, um, what... What and why did we have a father-daughter dance? And so I was thinking, and you said this the other day, the things we get to do, you know, before the foundation of the earth, the Lord knew that this past Saturday that there was going to be a father-daughter dance here. And he knows all the reasons why, but we don't all know. And so I wanted to ask um, the student council, President Ashley Makasaria, um, whose idea was this? to have, now don't answer me yet, because somebody told me that it was Pastor Will's idea. Is that right? That is correct. Okay, so <laughs> go ahead with it. Well, before, before you start, let me introduce all of you. Uh, I've got a special connection to all of you. You're, you're daughters of my friends and my pastors. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, my left to right, we have Nia Crisado. And you're, you're Pastor Ken's daughter. Yes, I am. And you're, you're also just off of an engagement. Oh, because of the presidential That's speech. That's right. Yes, I just, uh, the Calvary Chapel Christian Academy presidential election just occurred, and yes, I was running for president, so Woo-hoo. we'll see how that turns out. But we'll see how it goes. Now, that's the only kind of engagement I'm ever going to talk about with you, because the other kind is off the limit, off the table. Yeah, no, you're not even a senior yet. Yeah. Oh, so, no, yeah, no. no, I agree with you guys. I don't okay. want to be a senior yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley Asimakasadia, who is 
Pastor Elaine and Jocelyn's daughter, and she has been our student body president for this year, and she is going into semi-retirement. She's not running for re-election this year. Uh, Ashley, just share your heart a little bit. Uh, So, yes, I was given the privilege to be student body president this year. Uh, It's been a lot of fun uh, getting to serve the student council and just the students in general, being able to run a dance. Definitely not one of the things that I thought I would be doing, (laughs) but it was a lot of fun. So, and Rebecca Paley, she is the daughter of Dr. Pastor Peter Paley and <laughs> yes. Dr. Sheba. Uh, they run Malta Medical, a ministry here at our church. And I'm thrilled that you're able to be here with us. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, I apologize. My voice is going away, but I am blessed to be here, too. Good. And Jocelyn, I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> I have no idea either. It was uh, one of those drive-bys that Mama Paula had. Mm-hmm. You're here. You're here to represent the servants and the moms. Oh, the moms. Yeah. Well, the moms weren't able to go. However, I kind of felt spoiled and very privileged to be able to serve at the father-daughter dance. You know, with Ashley being the um, the president, um, you know, I want to support my kids in everything they do. And mm-hmm. so when this was brought to her attention, I told her immediately, I will help you however you want. Yeah. And so she asked me to organize the food and, and I did. And I, and it was, I, I could talk on and on and mm-hmm. on, but it's mm-hmm. not my show. It's the girl's show. So yeah. I, I think I'm the chaperone for the girls today. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was really appreciative though talking about some of the moms because I saw some videos and they were all dressed in black pants and white blouses and they were serving. Yes, and um, actually Pastor Will and um, the advisor, um, Mr. Scott um, and Miss May and Miss Natasha Mm -hmm. uh, and Miss Amber, they were part of the uh, serving crew as well as Matthew and uh, my two other boys. Mm -hmm. Um, It was amazing. It was... they. Pastor Will said, we're going to do a red carpet treatment. Mm. We're going to do valet parking. And I mean, it was dressed, it it was a very um, magical Mm -hmm. event Mm -hmm. uh, because just to see the the faces young and, you know, the Mm -hmm. the little girls to the, the older girls, just seeing them really just be spoiled and then seeing the dads. I mean, there's stories upon stories and I could, I I could just cry because it was just beautiful. And Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of how the student council put this together in such a, you know, small amount of time. Um, and they did it well. And, um, I think they all had fun, um, decorating and, and cleaning up and, and all that. And even participating because the girls, you know, who were in student council, not only did they set up, tear down, but they also uh, was a part of it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they they looked beautiful. Yeah, Ashley, you said it was fun. But, was fun. But, but let me ask you this. From the perspective of having a date with your dads, what was the evening like or the <laughs> afternoon like for you? Well, uh, me and my dad don't really get a lot of one-on-one time because, well, I have other siblings so this was a fun chance for me and my dad just to be just us two so Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun and I got to dance with him and he got to embarrass me as he was dancing so (laughs) that that was a foregone conclusion before it ever started Rebecca how about you now your father is a professional in embarrassing his children Uh, yes yes he is (laughs) so I have to admit that (laughs) when I first heard we were going to have the dance I was not exactly thrilled because <laughs> I myself am not a dancer and neither is my father. <laughs> and our idea of hanging out comes more from sports and that kind of thing. So this was new for me. But I went anyway, and I have to say I had the best time of my life. Oh. Uh, I didn't realize it would be so much fun, but both my dad and I, we were dancing, we were having so much fun, and even the slow dancing, that... That's not normally something I think of or personally enjoy, but doing it with my dad, I felt so blessed and to have such a wonderful father like him. Well, we, we spent we actually spent some time with your mom and dad before the, the event. And his biggest concern was finding a shirt that would fit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Rebecca was there. 
It worked out in the end. We got him good fitting clothes. <laughs> Nia, how about you and your dad? Your dad, of course, Pastor Ken, who uh, will yes. eventually take over Calvary Chapel San Antonio for me. But, yep, but that's what about, him. What about the evening? Um, well, my dad and I are very similar. And one of the main ways that we're similar is that we're both not very emotional people. So when I heard about the father-daughter dance, I guess it's like just a mutual thing. Like we're not really going to slow dance because we're just not we're just not that type of father-daughter. But actually, I really did enjoy it. And you know, there isn't like a lot of jokes surrounding it. Like when I dance with my dad, I'd just be laughing the whole time. But even that was just like so much fun for me. And we were kind of like making fun of it, but. <laughs> We both really enjoyed it, and I didn't think that I'd be the kind to slow dance with my dad, even though, well, when I was younger, I always wanted to go to a father-daughter dance. Like, I'd beg him every single week uh, because our neighborhood would host uh, father-daughter dances. But then I guess as I got older, I was like, "Eh, I don't know if I'd want to do that. But yes, I really, really did enjoy it, and it actually was just so much fun being able to dance with my dad, but then, like, also the dynamic with my sisters and my dad. I guess we're all, like, very similar in that we take it as a joke, which it's, I don't mean to say it like a joke, like we're poking fun, but more like when we do it, there's laughs, and we're just enjoying each other's company. And Yeah, I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Well, Well, of the three, by far, your dad is the least crazy. Oh, for sure. <laughs> during during the dance, there was one song that went on, and this was only for the dads. And this was their time to shine. So they're all, like, in a conga line. Like, they don't even really know how to dance because it was one of those songs where it's, like, you just kind of move your body. There's no, like, line dancing to this song in specific. So they're all just like, kind of in a circle moving around. And then my dad, is, like, I was like, Dad, go join dad dad why aren't you doing it and he's like this is embarrassing he's like i have some dignity and i was like oh my gosh like oh dad but no i loved watching it i yeah. wish my dad would join but yeah oh, yeah. yeah dignity and dr peter has never gone in the same sentence yeah well uh yes he is very well known for his dad jokes which i think i've heard each joke 50 times a day so but i the dance i was surprised to actually see him dancing he would join me on the dance floor and i was like whoa you're actually dancing with me (laughs) i was like this is pretty cool but yeah definitely uh he's definitely a jokester but i guess i admire that in him because i myself took those personality traits from him so i'm not a very serious person myself but (laughs) but i i do enjoy being carefree and humorous like him and Ashley, I think your dad's goal for the evening was to get in every single picture that was taken that night. Photo I think it. he might have succeeded yeah. in his goal. <laughs> he was everywhere. Yeah, he couldn't wait till last night at church, you know, on looking at some of the other pictures. And he comes up with his phone, uh, puts his phone right in my face to look at my picture. <laughs> look at my picture with you in it, and you Aww. were gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. Hey, let's take a break, take a phone call. We've got Ruben, our friend from Seguin, holding on line one. Ruben, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, uh, you know, listening to, to the afters and the fun that, that these girls had at the dance, man, I wish I would have had a father-son dance when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> these girls are fun. Their dads are not, but they're, these girls are fun. <laughs> That's funny, but uh, uh, God bless you, Pastor. God bless you, Mama Paula. Uh, Thank just, you, sweetie. Just calling, quick, just calling to, to, to ask a question. Uh, um, I'm in the second book of Timothy, and I read it a couple of times. And I've, I noticed, I don't know if it's just me, but I noticed that it's written differently, like more, like more stern and more... Like to the point, there wasn't as many like uh, greetings and salutations and whatnot. And then he really got on the point about the women not saying anything in church and how they should, you know, just sit down and and how they need to to 
to do what's what's godly and what's right. And uh, first, I was wondering uh, who wrote the book, and um, am I correct to assume that it was it was written in a in a kind of different way than the other books? Yeah, that's a, a good observation, Ruben. A couple of things uh, in Second Timothy, Paul doesn't say that women have to remain silent. Uh, his only instruction, and the Apostle Paul is the author. Uh, his only instruction as it relates to women is that they can't be pastors. Uh, he doesn't permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man in the church. And he was talking uh, specifically about order in the church. Now, the reason it's different, and it's very different than all of his other correspondences, is because Paul realized that he was going to die, that his time was up. The, the Holy Spirit let him know maybe Jesus visited him. He's done that several times in Paul's life. But he let him know that he is about to die and the time is short. So every single word in Second Timothy, Reuben, is has a sense of urgency to it. Uh, there's no messing around. Let's get to the point. And, and because he's writing to Timothy, who was his son in the faith, his, his protege, uh, the man that was going to take over uh, his churches. Um, um, he was basically telling him, look, you can't fool around. Be ready for everything. Be ready at every time. Um, the, 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 the hour is short. And so he deals with the order in the church. And then he deals, of course, with the condition of the earth in the last days. So it, it's, it's much, much, much more urgent uh, than anything else that he's written. It is by far... Ruben, his most personal correspondence. Uh, and for that reason, I think it is my favorite uh, of all of the letters in the New Testament. I just love uh, the idea that this is a man who knows he's going to die and he wants to be sure the work is carried on. Great question, uh, Ruben. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it very, very much. We've got an anonymous call online, too. You're on the air. Thanks for calling. Ron, uh, uh, Paul, it's good to, good to hear you guys on the radio again. I got a question Thanks. for you about uh, about uh, that verse. I'm I'm on the road, so I I can't look it up. But it's it's in Malachi. It's where God talks about divorce. Yeah, you, you remember that on top of your head. Sure do. Okay. Well, I have a an ex-wife. Uh, we were married over three decades, and I know I'd look back and I see a success story, and she sees something completely different, and. Uh, all three of my kids got saved at an early age. I taught them about Jesus. We did our family Bible study for like seven, eight years at home when the kids were little. Uh, you know, I, I, I just don't get it. But anyway, she sent me something recently uh, about that verse of Malachi. And this, this other preacher was kind of debunking the traditional, uh, I guess, concept of what that scripture actually means. And she's like use it here. See, this is this is why I had grounds for divorce. So, can I get y'all's take on it? And what you know, what's your view of that scripture, Malachi? And, and could, you, could you help me on so I can in case I have a follow-up question? Sure, I can. Um, uh, what, the the verse clearly God says, "I hate divorce," and He's talking about the the covenant relationship that He has with Israel. Now, the, the application correctly um, deals with, with marriage as well, human marriage, because it is a covenant relationship as well. And there, there's no new take on it. You've got people from all over the Internet trying to find progressive views on all of these old standard things that allows people to do what they want to do, even though they know God doesn't want to do it. But uh, honestly, the truth is it's, it's simple. God hates divorce. Let me tell you this. You know, this was, it's Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. But from my perspective, it saved my life. Um, uh, when Paula was a believer, and she was a believer for 13 years before I was, um, she was reading her Bible. And as a, a young and relatively immature Christian, she didn't really understand a lot. But she was opening up. She was reading through the Old Testament. She got to Malachi chapter 2, and she understood that. And and the, the application for her was clear. The Holy Spirit was speaking to her. Uh, if you love me, Paula, you have to love what I love and hate what I hate. And I hate divorce, and I love Ron, so I want you to hang in there with him. 
And um, um, she knew that this living active word was speaking to her heart. And it was at that moment. Now, she had to struggle a little bit because she was considering divorce. And she had lots of reasons to divorce me. Uh, but uh, she was considering it. And she knew, no, if I love God, this is a test of my love for God. And that's when she decided that she was going to remain with me. And it took 13 years of her pain and prayers in order for me to come to faith in Jesus Christ. So um, it, it means exactly what it says. God hates divorce. He didn't want to divorce Israel. Uh, they left him. And, and in the same way, in a marriage relationship, um, he hates divorce. We stand before God and make him a promise. Until death do us part. I don't usually say that in the weddings I do. I typically say, uh, or until Jesus comes for us. Uh, but uh, the idea is we're making a promise to God. And to violate that promise is a very, very serious thing. That help? Uh, it, it does. Um, now, the way I understand that that scripture, you know, taken in context, back when Malachi wrote it, you know, of course, in those days, women could not divorce their husbands. Only only men could divorce their spouses. Is that correct? Yeah, w- women in the ancient world had no legal standing. Well, uh, if um, I guess if. If you were me and I was going to write her a rebuttal to uh, her issue with the Scripture, how would you explain it to another person? You know, what I would do instead of that, I would go to Matthew chapter 19 and and hear it straight from Jesus' mouth. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus deals very specifically with this question of marriage and divorce. And Jesus makes it as clear as it can possibly be when he says uh, that, that in the beginning, they, they were asking him, is it, is it permissible for a man to divorce? And, and Jesus said, you, you've got it all wrong. In the beginning, God created a husband and wife to be together forever. And that's, again, the covenant promise we make. So I don't know what her issue is with it or what she's trying to prove with a new view of Malachi uh, chapter 2. However, what I do know is that Jesus makes it really, really clear to us where to keep our promises to him. First um, Timothy chapter 3 speaks about the, the marriage relationship between a husband and, a, and an unbelieving wife or a, a believing wife and an unbelieving husband. Uh, but beyond that, uh, it's, it's pretty straightforward, pretty straightforward. So don't let her look for a loophole. Just tell her God expects us to keep our promises. And uh, there, there are grounds for divorce, adultery, uh, physical abuse, or abandonment. Those are grounds for divorce. And uh, if your wife is looking for something else, she's not going to find it in the Bible. Hey, appreciate the call very, very much. Thank you. Uh, We've got uh, somebody I was hoping would call today Mm -hmm. on line three, Margaret from Floresville. Margaret, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, everybody. I just had to call and thank you girls uh, so much for last Saturday. It makes me cry still. It was just so, you know, I used to dress Natalie up when she was a baby, and uh, Randy would take her to Dairy Queen, and um, they would go have a date there. Better. Miss Margaret, it was such a pleasure to uh, serve your husband and your granddaughter. She was stunning, and, um, you know, you were uh, the radio listener who, you know, who's not necessarily a part of our church but when she found out your uh, granddaughter found out that she had girls her age I mean they immediately became great friends and we have videos and pictures of them dancing and your husband dancing too doing part of that conga line dance with all the dads (laughs) so I just I, I sent you that picture but again for me it was really such a treat to witness that uh-huh. So thank you. Thank you so much for for allowing your granddaughter to come and really have those memories. And I think that's important. Yeah. You know, we only have one daughter. Yeah. And so I the way I looked at it was, you know, the girls just looked amazing. And one one story of a mom um, said, well, my daughter, she she's the her daughter is uh, in first grade. And she's like, Dad, I want the whole thing. I want flowers, a new dress, take me out to dinner. 
And, you know, what a wonderful, you know, treat for her to spend that time with her dad. I mean, she walked in, she had a crown, and Aww. she felt special. But the cr- the crazy thing is every other girl there yeah. uh, j- looked just as beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they were willing to share the dance floor, you know, amongst friends. And yeah. uh, just, just beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Margaret, thank you very much uh, for letting Natalie come. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure from Natalie. Let's go back. Let's go back. I have friends Aww. there now. So mm-hmm. I think it's really, really a, a great opportunity. And tell Randy I'm proud of him. He was uh, a rock star. That's uh, what yeah, I call him. He was a rock star. star. He, he did great. He thank did. you, Margaret. Appreciate it very, very he much. Loved, go ahead. Oh, he loved that. He loved, I, oh. Good. You're, you're really breaking yeah. up. But we thank you for calling and. We love you guys. Hope to see you at least once a month. Go, sorry, Natalie. Yeah. Sorry for the connection. Now, I have a bone to pick with some of you girls. We've only got we've got less than a minute, but your dads invited you to a fancy dinner. Said you could choose two, two of the three of you, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. chose Texas Roadhouse. That was oh, That's I, not fancy. I like steak. What can I say? <laughs> and I'm gluten free now, so steak. Oh, hey, yeah. we've got to 30 minutes left in this special program. 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program, 340-9585. We are here with Nia and Ashley and Rebecca and Jocelyn and Paula. Paula, why don't you take it off from here? Okay. You know, with the three ladies that I invited, the young ladies that I invited, and, and then the mother lady that we invited. Um, you girls all have, like we were saying at the break, you have godly fathers, and um, but not everybody does. And so uh, talk about, you know, those girls who don't have dads who, who made it to the party. Yeah, so there were a lot of girls, well, not a lot. There were some girls, oh, sorry. Uh, there were some girls at the dance that didn't have... Uh, biological fathers, but uh, I do know of some girls that took uh, their stepdad and their biological father mm-hmm. or their grandfather oh, cool. mm-hmm. or uh, I know Mr. Scott, which was one of the servants, he actually took one of the girls that didn't have a dad. Uh, he kind of stepped in and played the role of the father at the mm-hmm. father-daughter dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Scott, he's a teacher here at the academy and a dear, dear man. Um, he's uh, he's always stepping in. Yes. That's just who he is, so <laughs> yeah. that's great. Nia, do you have any comments on that? Oh, it was just, it's such a beautiful thing to see. And, you know, my heart genuinely, like, goes out to these girls, seeing them, like, whether they come from, like, the youth at the church, like, I'm friends with these girls, or if they're in the school and they're younger, then I help serve these girls. So... Mm-hmm. I just think it's so beautiful how even if their own dad maybe wasn't able to take them, then we or the church could help out and provide that for them just so that they feel special and they could still experience this special moment for them. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, your thoughts? Yes, yeah, so seeing those girls who came and didn't have their biological father present it personally in my heart made me grateful for my dad because I guess when you grow up with such a loving, godly father, you sometimes take it for granted because he's always there. He's always taking care of you, providing whatever you need, but some girls don't have that privilege, that opportunity. And I was blessed personally to see people like Mr. Scott take girls whose fathers weren't present and take them to the dance so they wouldn't feel left out and they would feel just as loved as everyone else. I don't know. That was just, that touched my heart while I was there. And more than anything, more than the dancing and the food and things like that, just seeing the girls who didn't have their dads but other father figures step in, that 
was a blessing for me to see. Yeah, yeah you know, we live in a world now where uh, a lot of grandparents are, are, are the de facto parents. And um, to see um, somebody who's been through this once with their biological kids and now with grandchildren, uh, that kind of a, a, a sacrifice is just, just such a blessing. And, and uh, you know, they're loving them like a dad. Mm-hmm. We have one story of one of the dads, and you guys will know who I'm talking about, um, where his granddaughter, he takes care of his granddaughter. And, um, you know, he was. He says, I'll dance with you. And she said, no, I might bust a move, and uh, <laughs> you might bust a leg or something. So, yeah. Bust a hip. <laughs> bust a hip or something. So it's okay. So um, tell me what it was like when the, the Disney songs played, or what was that about? Oh, okay. So a couple Disney songs came on, and we just forgot the dancing part and started belting out the song. <laughs> so, like, Let It Go came on. Is that what's wrong with your voice? No. <laughs> I wish. But, no. It was so much fun, and you should see all the little girls, even the older girls, and even the dads, everyone coming together and singing out these Disney songs and from Encanto or Frozen. Some of the dads were singing those? Yes. Belting it out from their heart. It was so wonderful to see. Well, they might lose their man card. You know, man, I, was, yes, I didn't know nobody told me about the men singing it. Like I want a name. I want names. <laughs> <laughs> we should have video of the whole thing. Yes. Oh, oh, we have a video, huh? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Either of you have some Ash? Well, when the Disney songs did go on, I was with the little girls in a little circle. So as soon as We Don't Talk About Bruno came on, all the girls, like the little girls, their eyes lit up and they're like, oh, we don't talk. And they started singing. They were like getting all animated into like each character because each character sings in that song. And it was a lot of fun to see that. And then like Matthew would like turn off the sound. So it was just the audience singing. <laughs> so like during Let It Go, there was like one part where it goes really high and like all the dads are trying to hit the note and like they do not hit it at all. But it's OK. They don't <laughs> they don't care. But. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Nia, would you like to sing one of the songs oh. for us? Um, <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. That's my personal favorite at the moment. Um, but I just wanted to add, it was so great being able to also dance with like the younger girls. And I know that this is a father-daughter dance, but it's also like sisterly, the relationships that the older girls even have with the younger girls and vice versa. Like... These girls, I have. They have such a special place in my heart, and uh, Ashley and Beck's heart as well. They even pulled me. They were like, "Nia, come take a picture with us." So then I took a picture with them, and anytime they see me in the halls, they're like, "Hi, Nia!" And I get the biggest hugs from them. And yeah, I just I cherish them so much. So yeah, it was like a sisterly dance too, but also father daughter dance. And, you know yeah. what's amazing to me? There, there's almost nothing a church can do where people of all ages can really kind of let loose and have fun, and it works for everybody. So that, that that's a blessing. Jossie, you have anything you want to add to that? Oh, it, She's going to cry. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I was just so blessed to see the, you know, dads really, uh, you know, I know dads work really hard, and we don't get to see them as often. And to see, you know, a girl walk in with their dad who we don't often see, make the time to take off of work Mm -hmm. to take their girls out. And, um, it was very special. One girl in particular, I, I didn't even know she had a dad Mm. and she walked in and usually, you know, she's very quiet to herself and she walked in, in a stunning yellow gown. And she's like, I got my makeup done and I did my nails and I, I, she took my breath away. She took my breath away and she, you know, danced with her dad and then hung out with her, her peers and, you know, the dads with multiple daughters making time for each girl to dance with. It was, it was like, you know, these dads really genuinely were in the moment for their daughters. That's cool. Now, this, this was advertised as our first annual which obviously means we're going to keep this thing going. Let me ask you a question just practically. Was two hours enough time? It was three to five in the afternoon. Would you have liked it to be longer? Yes. More dance time, I feel like. I feel like once the music stopped, everyone was like, 
wait, I want another song. Where's the other <laughs> song? Like, we wanted to keep going. So, definitely. Okay, I was just curious about that. So, Paul, Aww, how fun. Yeah. Well, I was wanting to sneak in, but, you know, everybody would know, you are nobody's daughter. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, we were questioned. So, a little girl questioned a, a few of us ladies and said, why are you here? Oh, oh. Her name shall not be mentioned, but she was in the talent show. Oh. <laughs> and, and blew our socks away. Oh, oh. Okay. Then. Yeah, I know. I know who you're talking about. Why are you here? You, why, why are you here? You're a mom. You're not a daughter. Oh, my. Yeah. So, every year. What were you looking, what did you do this year that you, you say, we're going to keep that? What would you change? Definitely the dance floor. We would keep that. Okay. I think the setup was perfect because we had a photo booth in the corner, which Mr. Joel Mendez, he did last minute. He gave us his professional uh, lighting. So the pictures that we got, the lighting Aww. was like perfect. So thank you to Uncle Joel. And then we also had the food in the corner. Maybe limiting the little girls to how much candy they were eating. <laughs> because as soon as I got there, I saw a little girl with <laughs> a whole bunch of candy on her plate. And then I went to the dance floor and then I looked back and she was at a different table with more candy. Oh. So maybe limiting okay. the candy intake. Yeah, yeah. I was at a, a, a baby shower. And this might be the little girl you're talking about, but I was at a baby shower, and one of the ladies got a text saying, we've got to go because your daughter is wild right yes. now. Okay. I think that is the same <laughs> oh. girl. <laughs> Nia, you ran for president, so this might yes. be your responsibility next year. So what would you do differently? Oh, certainly. Um, with the, Pertaining to the father-daughter dance, mm-hmm. hmm. Like Ashley said, probably making it longer because everyone was enjoying themselves. Um, I guess we didn't really need a, like a, any guidelines for dress code because everyone showed up like in their very best dress. But maybe, maybe actually putting it out there that it's going to be like a really formal thing that'd be cool. Like dads, all the dads in Texas. I forgot if my dad actually wore a tux. I don't. I don't. Oh yeah, he wore a dress code. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, maybe implementing more slow dances because especially for the fathers who have multiple daughters, uh, just so that they have enough to slow dance with each of their daughters. My dad and I, we actually slow dance to a song that's not a slow dance song, but I think I liked it that way. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Paul, do you have anything else you want to ask about the father-daughter dance? The only thing is, um, to making sure because it was kind of last minute that uh, those those girls in our school because this was basically supposed to be just for the ki- the girls in the school um, and it, it went out which I thought it was awesome but to make sure that all the girls have a father figure step up because uh, I'm sure if some of the girls from the school didn't make it um, but we want to make sure that that doesn't happen next year okay yeah so for sure yeah. And, we, and our guys here at the church, if only they knew, that's not, that wouldn't have been a problem. But it, like you're you're saying, Jocelyn, it was such a short time to get the thing together, and, and we didn't have time to really think about who, how many don't have, you know. So I want to make sure that happens. You girls are so good. I love you. I love you all so very much. We Again. will take any phone calls or questions if you have them, 340-9585, especially if you have any questions for the girls, that would be great, or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, can I change gears a little bit? Sure. Okay. Uh, all three of you are pastor's kids. Uh, I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Does it put pressure on you? Um, how, how are you perceived by other people? Just what do you think is significant about your role as a, as a pastor's daughter? <coughs> Rebecca, why don't you go first? <clears throat> yes. So my dad hasn't been a pastor as long as, uh, the other two, Ashley and Nia, but I remember when you first told us that we, my dad was going to be a pastor and I was shocked. I was like, <laughs> Whoa. I was not expecting that, <laughs> but 
And at first I was scared because, as you said, sometimes it feels like the pressure can be put on you to be, in the loosest sense, more holy (laughs) than everyone else. But after seeing my dad be a pastor for a couple of years and being able to go along the ride with him, I've learned that, yes, you have to watch your life and doctrine closely, but there's not extra pressure because if you're just living the way you're supposed to, then you can live just like everyone else but still live above reproach. And I think I've been blessed seeing my dad uh, be a pastor because going to places like the Cowboy Church (laughs) or even other churches that he subbed for, other pastors, I've gotten to see him uh, minister to ages of all kinds, people of all kinds, and I've gotten to be blessed by those people. And so I I personally love being pastor's kid, and mm-hmm. it's not extra hard or extra pressure like mm-hmm. people say. It's it's really just a blessing to be, be in that ministry. You know, the best thing about, about Dr. Peter, before he was Dr. Pastor Peter Pelling, um, uh, the best thing about that was I knew your life wouldn't change because your mom and dad were living it before they got the title of pastor. Yes. And he was effectively pastoring his flock down at Malta Medical. Yeah. But at the same time, he, they'd been ministering here for a very, very long time. So it was a really natural, easy step to take. And you didn't all of a sudden have a family meeting. It's okay, now we're going to have to watch what we do. Because you guys were living in it in the first place. Yes. That was very cool. Yes. Ashley, your dad, probably except for me, is the most public person uh, the fa- one of the two faces of Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. What kind of pressure has that put on you? Well, with I don't really remember my dad being becoming a pastor. I guess because I kind of grew up here. Yeah. Once we got here, I feel like we were immediately plugged into the church. So I don't really feel like there is a pressure when it comes to like worship. I feel like, if anything, it's more of a blessing because I get to see my parents uh, lead the church into worship. And it's a huge uh, blessing because I kind of follow after that since I also like to play guitar and sing and also lead worship for the school. So being able to see them lead worship every Sunday and like every other Friday and Wednesday is a huge blessing for me. Now, you also play keyboards? I used to, but then we kind of stopped, so I kind of lost it. Okay. Share share your story a little bit because um, watching you over the years for me <laughs> has been more than special because you were the shy little girl who wanted to be anywhere but on stage. <laughs> and whenever a, a song would come where – You'd have a, like a, a solo party, even if it was a little small one. <laughs> I could watch you get flush and pale, like you were going to pass out. Yes. And and now um, I, that's just not the same. You, yes. You've kind of grown into. So talk about that that journey a little bit. So I think ever since I was young, my mom would always tell us that at a young age they would always make sure if we weren't to- like we weren't tone deaf. So like they would switch a key and see if we would match it. So I guess they, I grew up kind of singing, but I hated the thought of singing in front of people. So I think it was sixth grade. My parents asked me to lead worship on a Wednesday night and it was broken vessels. And my immediate answer was, absolutely not like no i that singing in public in front of people is not my thing um but they kind of talked to me and kind of said this isn't for you it isn't worse what we do isn't for ourselves it's to glorify god and also glorify or not glorify but for the congregation as well and leading them in worship so I just I remember I wanted to throw up as soon as my dad <laughs> strummed that first chord for practice. It wasn't even the real thing. I wanted to throw up during sound check, um, but my parents uh, let me do worship more for the congregation, and I guess doing it more often made me more comfortable, and like made me realize this isn't about me. And how my voice sounds, it's about my heart 
in my worship to God. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and you, you also help some of the younger girls out. Uh, you lead worship here at the school in the academy, and so you're you're part of that as well. Uh, I was so blessed the other day at the at the talent show last <laughs> last Friday night oh. when when you were the invisible guitar player in the background <laughs> yes. for the little five year old who was singing her song. It was a lot of fun. That actually started at school. I didn't know that she liked that song. But I decided because every Thursday the high school worship teams comes into the elementary to lead worship. And I was like, let's do Famous Four. So I started playing it and like Kieran got into this like, I don't know, like, but her her posture kind of changed. Yeah. She was like, this is, I am ready for this, this my song. song. <laughs> and I don't even think I could hear myself when I was singing. And I think at some point I stopped singing during that song but she asked me because the talent show was coming up if i would play with her and i was like absolutely let's do this mm-hmm. so that last question for you uh, on this because you've overcome your battle with nerves what would you say to somebody who they've been gifted by god to be able to perform but they're just so nervous and 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 in your family your whole family's out there now you've got a brother who would rather yes. not be in the public spotlight at all. Yes. And you got another younger brother, your youngest, who would just, if the crowd's not 2,000, he doesn't want to be there. I mean, he, he, just, he just wants the attention. Uh, what, what counsel would you give to, to somebody who's young? Yes. Well, you pointed out one of my brothers. He is very, 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 very talented. And he doesn't think that we hear him at home but I hear him and he is a better guitar player and better singer than I will ever be but and some advice would be remember who you're doing it for good for you because once you once you realize who you're doing it for the nerves and everything else shouldn't matter so good for you that's wonderful Nia hello you're 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 the daughter of the man who is going to take over for me, and I'm getting old, so we don't know how much longer that's going to be. No, uh, don't say that. <laughs> what, what do you do? You feel any pressure at all for being Pastor Ken's daughter? Um, I am not going to lie. I I do sometimes, yes, and I think it has to do with just I don't know. Ever since I was, I mean, I'm young right now, but like even since I was younger, I guess it's always played a part in like how kids have like perceived me maybe to be some type of goody two shoes, which used to, used to, um, bug me kind of, but now I actually, I'm actually happy that I'm put in a position where people can look up to me and I can set an example for other people. So yeah, I'm not going to lie in the past. There have been times where I've maybe felt pressure, but now I look back and I'm grateful to be put in this position that I'm put in. You know, being the goody two-shoes can be cool. Exactly. That's that's what I say. Yeah. For it's, sure. It's a badge of honor. Really badge is. of honor. Yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. to do you that. You get to sleep better at night. Exactly. Uh, you don't have one of those questions where, what? and you call yourself a Christian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't sure. have you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, we're we're, we're now inside four minutes, so very quickly, um, let's start with you since you got the microphone, Nia, and then we'll just go down the line. Um, college plans? You got one more year here at the academy. Oh. Okay. Uh, yes. You, just and when I say college, no pressure, but just future plans. You, what do you what do you think God's leading you to do? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. This is something I've been praying about for a while, but I would like to pursue a career in the fashion industry. So probably having to do with like business analytics. Um, But yeah, my sounds cheesy, but my passion really is like fashion. (laughs) So I don't know where I'm going to be going for college. I have been visiting schools. Most of the schools I've visited are on the East Coast. So like Boston, Massachusetts, uh, New York, New York City. Yeah, we're not in favor of any of those. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be really difficult. That's partly why I don't want to be a senior yet, because I don't want to have to face those things. And I I really don't want to leave. But 
I've been praying about it, and I truly do believe that this is what the Lord has put on my heart and where he wants me to go. And your older brother's at USC, so you'd be on completely the opposite coast of Oh, my goodness. Ash, what about you? So I don't know for sure where God is leading me 100%, the college, of course, but I do know that... I have a heart for children, and I'm also really good with kids. So uh, I'm hoping to pursue uh, to become an early intervention specialist or an occupational therapist. Wonderful. And and getting married by the time you're 40. That's okay with us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What happened with... Rebecca? Um, Yes. So I've been praying about it for a while, but I... I think the Lord is leading me to the engineering uh, career side, I guess. I just yesterday did an interview for an engineering program, uh, so I don't know if I made it in, but I just had always had an interest for creating and building and, most importantly, helping others. So I want to be a biomedical engineer, so I lean more towards the medical side, but not completely. <laughs> I don't follow the exact facts. Now, our, our school is, is very difficult. You're all straight-A students, so all kinds of opportunities are open for you. Young lady, what are you going to do when you grow up? As a young lady, I would love to continue to serve my Lord, uh, come alongside my husband, and be the best um, mom for my kids and uh, Yes, and love my church and love Jesus. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Paula, you got 30 seconds. Anything you want to say? Thank you for saying yes. Thank you so much for saying yes. I know this was a great encouragement for a lot of people and me included. God bless you. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. Go tell somebody how much Jesus loves them. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.